Welcome to Dr. 3, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard ranked ladder. I'm your host, Daring Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Grandmasters and Master Shortscaster, Dragon Rider, and Major Death. So, yeah, let's do it, guys. <laughs> we are back for another week. Woo! It hey! What a week it's been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, surprisingly, a very low news week, which I'm kind of sad about because I was hoping we were at least going to get our mini set announcement. Yeah. Like today. And we didn't. It, I was like, oh, I mean. Even, a, even an announcement of announcement would be, would be much <laughs> exactly. appreciated. Be like, now. we're going to announce the mini set on X day. That would have been yeah. amazing because yeah. that would have built the yeah. hype towards it. So right now uh, we're just kind of like any day now, but we record on Tuesday night. So we don't get any of the exclusive news the week it comes out. You have to catch up with us next week. So. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not totally surprised that we didn't hear anything today, but I was hoping. <laughs> I was hopeful. Sure. We can be sure. optimistic, so. Yes. Uh, well. And at this point, it's probably not till two weeks that it's going to come out, I would guess, because I don't think they're going to release it right before the Masters Tour. So. I would imagine so. I would imagine probably. they wouldn't want to shake up the meta that. Oh, sad. Sad Dragon uh, Rider. I'm so sad. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I agree with you. We'll probably get the announcement before the Masters Tour, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. That's kind of, yeah. Yeah. And uh, maybe we can get the card reveal to, you know, get those, all those cards spoiled so we can do our own mini review of everything. So, uh, so Mage, you want to go into last week's poll question? Sure, sure thing. Last week's poll question, we asked you, how are you enjoying the post-patch meta? We talked about the week one impressions, gave you our thoughts, and uh, 23 people voted. Thank you to all of you that voted. And with 56.5% of the vote, you said that this post-patch meta is better than it was before the patch. 26.1% said about the same 17.4 said worse uh d style on twitter said the meta seems better because there are more classes and decks being played however it makes it more frustrating to climb because it's tough to counter all the decks i think i think that nails it right on the head right there yeah yeah <laughs> it yep. has been it's been a bit rough out there yeah, I think we were having those same sentiments before we started recording tonight. We're like, huh, well, we're facing all these chunks of a bunch of different decks. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's great when you're facing down certain decks with whatever you're playing. And then the rest of the time with when you're facing something else, it's like, well, this feels bad. So it just depends on like kind of what chunk you're hitting. Yeah, it the, gets real painful real quick sometimes. The the situation always when it comes to this, it always feels like the wins are just like pulling teeth and the losses yep. are like you getting just absolutely obliterated. Yeah, it's gonna say it's either way you're losing teeth it. in this situation, it's not fun yeah. either way. Yeah, no, it's it's it is 
That's definitely how how it has felt the last the last two weeks since the since the latest balance patch, Kenny. Well, speaking of balance patches, and this isn't for standard, so boo. But we do have a balance patch twenty two point two point two, and it launched today, Tuesday, February eighth, and addresses battleground buddies and duels. Um, so the bug fixes and game improvements of uh, note for standard players, they increased the maximum number of Bladestorm activations from 30 to 50. How is this? Of- yeah. <laughs> okay. Because, because, <laughs> and get this, or no, Ivis. Ivis. Yeah, Ivis. There we Ivis. go. You would actually use the, because the druid could get up to 20 mana, you could actually create an Ivis. That's like 35, that 35. Could not, yeah, that could not be killed by Bladestorm, okay. which would be absolutely crazy. So now, presumably, there is not an instance where they're going to be able to play an Ivis and you can't kill it with a Bladestorm um, if it's the only minion on the board. Which is so interesting because, honestly, I didn't even know that Bladestorm had a cap. Until I saw that in the right. notes, and I was like, right. "What? It had? Oh, okay." And then I had that same thought too, like, "Why?" And then somebody said, "Ivis." Like, oh, well, that's interesting. I you, don't. You could make some pretty big Ivises. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, 30, and, and 35, 35 is the the if you hit him with twenty mana. I think thirty five, thirty five is pretty much the biggest I've seen him. I've seen screenshots of over 40. You can't. I mean, if you buff him, yes. Yeah, if you buff him yeah. in hand first and then play it. Yeah, I'm talking up, about a 1-1 one, one Ivis. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because this coming before the Masters Tour, like, I, I'm i not sure how many encounters this is going to matter for ladder. Some, maybe, but... I feel like Ivis, like big Ivises, have become less of a thing. Mm-hmm. They were really popular, and then it's it's kind of started fading off a little bit. But I was kind of curious to see how this may impact what people are bringing for the Masters Tour. I mean, I feel like it opens up Control Warrior as a viable strategy now because, like, yeah, all of a sudden. But but then again, it's it can be. Some you can play around it too. Like you can corrupt a strong man and keep a strong man on on board, you know, ready to go in your hand. Or there's 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 ways to play around it, but it does give you that like, okay, I have a one card removal for Ivis, but you know I mean to be fair, Warrior pretty easily could deal with an Ivis anyways without a blade storm. I mean they have a hero like Rokara has a hero power that does damage. You can hero power coerce if it takes any damage. Coerce, you know, like I thought you were talking. I thought you were talking the Rakara weapon and having no. it hit its own master in the face to kill it. <laughs> You'd have to obviously make sure that you've got enough armor to cover it. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's you've got that's extremely you've got possible. That, you've got this that that snow card that gives you ten frozen armor buckler. for the turn. Yeah, frozen yeah, buckler. buckler. Yeah. Yeah, it ter- turns out if you play if you play Rakara, I still have one charge left on it, and you gain like twenty five armor, which like gaining twenty eight armor in a turn if you pl- 
plan for it is not difficult. <laughs> and you gain 10 armor mm. from Rakara anyway, so that's <laughs> that's actually not an awful th way to go if you if you're having plans and dealing with uh with so If a, you're listening yeah. to this, I would love to see a screenshot or a replay of a game where somebody uses the Rakara weapon and hits a giant Ivis to kill to kill a druid. That would be that would be just awesome. Now, I would love to see that. So now if you find just, that, definitely help me know. Now you're just creating more work for me. Now I'm gonna have to put a disclaimer before the show starts. Do not this we are trained professionals. Do not try this at home. This is a oh, I am definitely not a, I am not a trained professional. That's why I don't want to try it myself. But you're telling our audience looking, too. I, I'm, I, I'm saying if they're out in the wilderness and they have 50 armor in the Rakara weapon and want to kill a, kill their opponent with their own Ivis, let me know. Let me see after it happens. I would love to see it. I think that would be great. You know what the I like the, the, it's right up Daring's alley. I, I, Daring, <laughs> let's, let's see it. I want to see it. I'm ready. The problem, the problem with that is that you could probably hit Ivis into their face, and they still and have enough. Yeah, either. exactly, yeah. exactly. They have enough armor already. Yeah. And if you're doing that, you're playing control warrior, so you're not doing any damage to them anyways. So right, right, yeah, that. I'm not saying this is an easy thing by any stretch of the imagination. I am also not auditioning for the achievements team by suggesting this as a thing. I'm just saying that if it's out there, like like the picture of the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot or something, if you happen upon it and would like to share it with me, I would love to see it. You can put it in the Discord message me on twitter let me see it and and i will be eternally grateful <laughs> well if it happens i would like to see it as well but please don't try this at home <laughs> so okay let's continue on with the news um deck guide spotlight orange on burn shaman uh, so I will link to that, of course. Guide includes mulligans, matchups, and a good shorthand cheat for counting overdraft damage. Which is nice, because like I feel like that's one of the harder things to keep track of, is your overdraft mm -hmm. damage. And um, so this is just nice, and like this is the deck Orange has been playing. I had Orange on earlier today, and he was playing this deck. Yeah. Orange is really, he's good. really good. good with it. Yes, I was he's say, really good with it. I think he's, he's really good, good in general. general. Yeah, exactly. But yes, he's really good. So if you want a, yeah. a different shaman deck to play, go go watch this. Uh, or go go to this deck guide. Listen to Orange. He's really good at Hearthstone. Yeah, he's yes. done a couple other deck guides too, mm -hmm. and uh, they're they're always really good. Like he really puts a lot of work into them. Uh, and I'm going to especially encourage you to go watch this one because uh, if you if you follow him on Twitter at all too, <laughs> did I steal what you were gonna say, me? I was gonna say it, but yes, go please <laughs> yeah. tell but, tell um, this story. He he posted on Twitter about how he was really struggling uh, to to do it. He doesn't like editing videos, you know. He's struggling kind of mentally to to put content out like that and. And uh, he just kind of was like, no, I really want to do this for you all. Like, I, you know, I said it was coming. So he kind of just uh, like hunkered down basically and, and got it done. But I completely understand that struggle, too. So 
when I feel like that, it feels like absolute crap. So kudos he, to he, him for like working through it. He apparently had a software issue where the 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 editing software crashed, and he lost about four hours worth of editing work during this as well. Oh, so uh, it was it. it Orange, I think, brought into the mainstream uh, Garrett Rogue uh, previously and and did a really good deck guide on that. Uh, so between, uh, you know, him doing just being a really good player and doing a really good job on a deck guide and the fact that he ran into some issues trying to get this one out, I, I definitely wanted to promote the fact that this is out there. And, and I've watched it. I think it's... I think, uh, I, I'm a little more concerned that I'm not good enough to figure out how to play this deck properly, but I am glad to have the knowledge, if nothing else, to play against the deck. But I, I do at some point want to try this deck, and, and I feel better prepared to do so now that I watched that video. So definitely check that out. Yes, go support Orange. He's awesome. Okay, and then we have Hunter Extraordinary Sadisi talks playing around multiple secrets. Um, specifically, the difference in outcomes with explosive and freezing traps. Depending on the Hunter's play order, you may want to choose different attackers. Hunter plays explosive trap or explosive first. Minions all take two damage. Then, if attacking minion survives, it gets frozen afterwards. Hunter plays Freezing first. The attacking minion gets returned to hand before taking explosive damage. Um, he talks about how to approach the turn. Freeze played first means you want to attack with a minion you want back in your hand. Explosive played first means you likely want to lead with your weakest minion or your best Freeze candidate. So, that is... The, it's... Uh, very nice to have um, some insight into how to play around secrets, especially like from a from a guy Sadisi who literally I have not seen him play another class. Every time I've seen him stream, <laughs> I think he just plays. No, hunter. He's he's he like is exclusively hunter. Yeah, yeah, he he plays hunter. Jags Alexander plays uh, rogue. Like if you want advice on a specific class, these are guys are the guys to go to. So like. Sadisi's really insightful, so like this is a really cool thing to just give you some general insight. Because even if it's not like a deck that plays a lot of secrets, Ringling's Rifle is still pretty much in most Hunter decks. So at very least, you will see secrets, and chances are one of those two secrets... Um, are going to come up. So this yeah, is a good, it, we're, we're definitely seeing like some support for secrets. We've got yep. secrets in the core set. There's definitely going to be instances where you're going to face a hunter opponent and they're going to have multiple secrets up and you're going and presumably explosive and freezing trap are going to be two of the more likely candidates of being up together at the same time. And so how you play or how to best play around those secrets, uh, I think is something that a, if you're a, 
wanting to improve as a player, this is the type of thing you have to think about. You have to realize that there is differences in the outcome based on which one the player played first, your opponent played first. And so when you are making your moves, you have to think about, well, which one would they have played first? How best do I play around the secrets? What what secret, secrets do I expect them to be? And and this is this was a nice quick cheat sheet sort of way uh, of thinking about those two secrets in particular and how they work. If you're attacking face and those two secrets are up, which order they played makes a big difference and and can actually uh, you know be the difference between lethal and non-lethal in some instances so so it's some something to think about and i think it i think it's quite handy because he he himself says that you know he's he's seeing a lot of instances where people aren't necessarily doing this in, in an optimal way playing around these two secrets that are being played together and so he was trying to lend a hand out there to all of you that may may not have been necessarily thinking about that yeah i just to piggyback a little bit off of what you said like talking about improving i mean those little decisions are what separates you from potentially being 10x versus 11x yeah or yeah winning that one match in a tournament or you know like it seems insignificant but it's really not and thinking through those little choices is what can really like excel and propel you into like the next level of your play and i saw that earlier and i was like yeah this is this is great because some people are like oh it doesn't really matter or it's the same effect but no it's it's not going to be. And I mean, you could even see that in other matches, you know, rogue with how they use shadow steps. Like there's a ton of examples, but those little things, especially coming from somebody who's like, that is the class that they play. Take that advice to heart. So like really think about that and consider that because I mean, again, it, it seems insignificant, but imagine if you are doing that uh, or, or thinking it's not relevant in that case. And maybe you're doing the same thing against rogue secrets, or maybe you're doing the same thing against uh, certain aspects in uh, a shaman matchup. Maybe you're thinking, you know, or not thinking it's a big deal in certain aspects against druids. Well, you know, the more you do that, that's all going to add up. And then, you know, you're thinking, oh, these don't really matter. Or that's when you start to get down those rabbit holes of, oh, no, that my opponent just got super lucky. Well, what if you could have changed that one little thing? And those are the kind of things that, like, I mean, you know, we hopefully teach you some of that stuff mm -hmm. on this show as well, right? Like, exactly. But even for us, like, I, I know when we have even focused on the smaller things like that, it has helped us get better. So I, I really love that uh, Sadisi posted that. And yeah, if, if you haven't, I suggest going to Twitter, checking that out. We'll have the link in the show notes, but actually read through it, take it to heart and, you know, use that as how can you start thinking about even small decisions like that differently in all of your games? Yeah, I think that's really fair. It's, it's definitely... Those two are the, the like you said, are the most common secrets you're going to see in play 
and um, understanding those little little micro differences on how things. And obviously, you don't know how things are going to be played, but this helps you think about what the possible outcomes are and might inform you to make a better decision and keep an extra minion on board, be able to stabilize, you know? So like, this is a really good thing to think about. So yeah, this is really cool in my opinion, so. Okay, um, so basically that's it for the news. Uh, the only other news we have, we are going to do a live recording. Uh, I've been wanting to do a another live show. We've been going for over three years now. Like, yeah, so, whew. We're, 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 we're actually, I should say, we've been going for over two years. We're coming up to three. And there, you go. there we go. So I wanted to do something... Um, just to kind of do a little bit of a celebration because we we did the hundredth episode, so um, and we I talked about doing more live episodes at that show, yeah. And so we are we are getting back on the uh, the live the live recording horse and uh, doing it again in a in a couple weeks, actually. Exactly. So two weeks from tonight of the time of the recording, so. Yep, just a heads up. We will be, we'll make sure we post more on Twitter and we should have a fun show lined up for you at that point in time. So, um, Dragon Rider, what do we so, have? Get, wait, 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 hold wait. on, hold okay. on. I'm sorry. Tuesday, <laughs> February 22nd. Yes. 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific, Pacific time. time. Oh, wait. Which would be mountain time. East mountain time, mountain time. Sorry, yes, so, mountain time. So five. So it'd be five p.m. Pacific, eight p.m. PM Eastern. Eastern. Yes, yes. You will so. find us uh, on Dragon Riders stream. Twitch. Yes, on her Twitch stream, and we will be doing the live show there. So just so you have the dates, this is your RSVP. This is your save the date. This yes. is you come hang out with us. And, and and make fun of us as we try and do this live in front of you, and uh, and and hope and we should have a mini set hopefully by then to talk about hopefully. and all sorts of other fun stuff to talk about that Ooh, night. But that that the, might be that might be our set review. That might be that, our live that could set be, review. That, that could be that could be a live set review of the of the mini set. Yes, it definitely could do that. So. Yes, one last time. Tuesday, February 22nd, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7, p- time, 7 p.m. Central Time. I don't know what that is in Alaska or Hawaii. I'm sorry if you're in Alaska and Hawaii listening. If you're somewhere else, I'm even more terrible at time <laughs> time zones. Exactly. So please just figure it out and, and join us because we would love to see you. Exactly. And it's on Dragon Riders twitch so if you're already you're, following yeah, you're already there, following you, anyway exactly. you're already following anyway so so you'll know you'll you'll see it come up so yes. it's <laughs> sorry be fun sorry for skipping i thought i said the date but apparently i was wrong you so. just said two weeks from today and, okay and, and so so that was like 
That's a little vague, and I want to make sure that everybody knows exactly exactly where it is. So now we can jump into the tournament news. Sorry, Dragon Rider, to to jump in there. No, you're you're good. I mean, and and also for any of you who just listened to audio, there will still be our normal audio put out as normal, but we are also doing the the video part so it's not like one or the other you'll you'll still get your normal show if you just listen but exactly you want to come hang out see our lovely faces uh if you're used to just hearing our lovely voices then you can match the the face to the the voice so (laughs) come join us it'll be fun yeah we're gonna have a good time so yes definitely come hang out yes and also you know what's talking about tournaments i mentioned it last week but the uh, Masters Tour qualifiers for Masters Tour 2 of 2022 are already happening. Uh, they started last weekend, but they are still happening. So uh, all through basically every weekend during the month of February. So if you're wanting to compete in those qualifiers, then make sure you jump in on the weekends to play in those. And I'll bring this one up again next week. But we do have the Masters Tour 1, which they're still just calling it. They're just calling them the numbers. Uh, Masters Tour 1 is going to be next weekend, February 18th through the 20th. And I could not find it, but I swear that I saw somewhere that it's being played on Asia time. And then I think the second Masters Tour they're doing based on Pacific time. And then the third Masters Tour, they're going to Europe time. So just a a heads up, if you're wanting to watch it, it may not be in the time zone that we've been having, uh, but there hasn't been like the official post about the broadcast schedule and, and promoting it yet. So uh, hopefully we have that early next week and then I can bring it up next week uh, for the show, but keep an eye out for that. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be based on like Asia central time or, or Korean time. I'm not sure which, because again, they, they changed it up. They were doing that before. Then they stopped doing it and they were all based on Pacific time. Now they're going back to it. So, <laughs> and we just talked about time zones, how confusing that is anyways. So uh, we'll, we'll hopefully just be able to confirm all of that with their post advertising. And I'm sure they'll do drops and all that stuff too. So we I imagine so. Um, I mean, it makes yeah. more sense for them to do one in each time zone. It gives each region yeah. um, a home field advantage, right? So, yeah. So, uh, hopefully I will have more detailed information on that next week. But definitely wanted to bring it up that that is going to be happening uh, next weekend, the 18th through the 20th. So, that's why... We were talking about it's probably not uh, the mini sets probably not coming before then because yeah uh, does, I don't think they're gonna drop it before the Masters tour so that is why. Okay, well, do we want to move into the main topic? Um, we were kind of with not a lot of news and not a lot has changed since um, last week's episode. We so we thought this week we could talk about questline shaman as this is one of the you gotta say it's shame you gotta say it is shaman shaman just 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 for the for the europeans out there we gotta say questline shaman and (laughs) so yeah we're gonna do it yes yes we do yes we do so we're gonna do a deck guide on questline uh shaman 
uh, because it's a good deck right now, right? And Dar- Darren, is, you yeah. said you said last week that you have been playing this uh, a fair amount, and, and so you've got some practice in there. And and I've tried playing the deck a little bit. I'm not very good at it, so I'm hoping that you know between your big brain and Dragon Rider's big brain. Uh, that I'm going to get some knowledge in my, into my head to try and get a little bit better with the deck. And hopefully you all that are listening can can get some can get something out of this discussion as well. I would hope uh, so. I, yeah. I, I, I would not call myself like an orange level expert, but I have played <laughs> the, the deck a fair amount. So. Very few of us are ever going to be orange level expert in anything, much less. Yes, I would agree <laughs> with that. that. So, so let's that disclaimer. There you go. So let's talk first just about the deck win rate. Uh, looking at Vicious Syndicate and their live data report, the, the, we talked about this deck being pretty good. It has a 52.3% win rate in uh, Diamond Ranks 1 to 4. So those people on the cusp of Legend, uh, 53.4% win rate overall across all ranks. It's, it's listed as either the one of the top three decks basically no matter where you're at on ladder whether you're at legend or all the way down at bronze or silver this is this is one of the three best decks based on the on the inform information on the information they're pulling in each each week so let's start out let's talk about what the good matchups are daring tell me what what are what 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 classes and what decks do you want to queue into when you're playing this deck? What what are you happy to see? Um, I'm pretty happy seeing some quest warrior, some quest priest, elemental shaman, shadow priest, face hunter, death rattle demon hunter, and taunt Dromid. So you'll see this this deck does a lot in the early game. So it does very well against a lot of aggressive decks. So I mean, Quest Warriors aggressive, Quest, uh, you know, D- uh, Shadow Priest, Face Hunter, Death Rattle Demon Hunter, uh, Tauntrud. Those are all kind of aggressive decks that tend to be more board focused. So um, these are all matchups that that, that this deck kind of is. Blah, blah, blah excels in and there we go that i got that out finally <laughs> uh so yeah, it it's got some tools that match up really well against those those decks uh you know perpetual flame obviously is the first one that immediately comes to mind but just the just even something like feral spirits is is a card that you know if you're if you have like smaller minions on the board and you're trying to push face damage Feral Spirits is kind of a pain in the butt to deal with, and yeah, and just you a know, bit. yeah. So so that those those decks all make sense. Dragon Rider, if if you're playing the deck, what what matchups don't you want to see when you when you're playing this deck? Uh, so you don't want to see basically the opposite of those board decks things that don't put things on the board and their win condition and the way they win is all from hand or from weapons those are the things you don't want to be seeing so quest hunter that's just dealing damage 
with spells and their hero power. Uh, Mazaki Mage that, again, just goes all in in, like, one turn and throws a bunch of spells. Uh, Quest and Poison Rogue that, again, they kind of have those... There's a little bit more board stuff with the Quest Rogue, but Poison Rogue's all based on your weapon. Um, Or even the Quest Rogue has some higher health stuff and keeping a lot of things stealth so you can't target those, which means you're really relying on just like perpetual flame. And then the perpetual flame, you're going to have to have like additional spell damage to even kill some of that stuff anyways. Uh, So it makes it awkward. Uh, You're looking at things like burn shaman, which again, go and watch oranges uh, thing on that. We just talked about and quest handlock. And the quest handlock is really interesting because it doesn't really follow the same pattern as the other bad matchups that I talked about. But the the quest handlock, I mean, it can. Here's, here's what I mean by that. So there's two kind of win conditions with quest handlock, which is putting a bunch of big stuff down like flesh giants and then hitting for a bunch of damage or actually killing with fatigue damage after quest completion so again same thing like uh, perpetual flames aren't doing anything (laughs) against those flesh giants and there's not really a way to stop or build up uh, a ton of armor or anything like that to prevent all that fatigue damage after the quest completion so that's why those are bad matchups for you because yeah, you, you can't really deal with those things. There's, It's not really what the Quest Shaman is built to do. It, it handles kind of the the one to sort of, I would say one to four health minions is, is something that though those minions, it can handle pretty easily because a lot of their stuff is three and it's pretty easy to add one more additional spell damage on the board to be able to really maximize you know and take out a four health minion it's stuff when it starts to get to be five and six health that it starts to get kind of awkward because then you need multiple spell damage increase on top of those three three damage spells in order to be able to handle it and 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 usually if they've got five or more health then they've got a fair amount of attack as well and so those are those start to get really dicey when you uh are dealing with that so okay so now that we kind of know the matchups a little bit there are um what are let's talk about the mulligans here then first and then we'll talk about some specific maybe card choices that that you have where you could maybe play these cards or maybe not play these cards depending on so uh let's talk about aggro or more tempo matchups card you know those minion focus decks like the shadow priest or the or or like the taunt druid or something what are what are the cards that we're looking for in the mulligan obviously we're keeping the quest so we're getting that card that's one of our cards there's never an instance where we're going to be mulliganing the quest like there was back in the day because this really is your win condition so uh you you do need that but what are the other cards that you'd be looking for in those aggro or tempo matchups so I would say you're looking for your sleep breakers, um, your wind chills to get your 
uh, to be able to start freezing the board to stall for time if you need to. Your perpetual flame to deal with a board of pesky early game minions. Um, feral spirits. Um, guidance is always good. Lightning Bloom, especially very early on and very, very good in stage one of the quest because um, if you use that on the turn you complete, that's just free mana. You don't have to pay for it. So, like, <laughs> it's really good to just get a burst of um, uh, of tempo and be able to play maybe something like, you know, a Lightning Bolt and Wind Chill and Feral Spirits all together in one turn if you're, you know, lacking other things to do and it just kind of ramps you up and, and starts to put you in a position where you can really um, win the early early uh, game and that's how these these decks win is they they fight and they control board early in the game. This all of a sudden puts them in a position where it's like, well, too bad you don't you don't get to win the early game. I'm here. I'm like you take over the early game and then suddenly becomes a lot harder for them to win. So Okay. Okay. So uh for more control decks or combo decks, decks that aren't necessarily playing a ton of tempo in the early game, what what sort of cards are we looking for, Dragon Rider? So there's I kind of break this into two categories. You're looking huh? for draw and things to apply pressure. So sleep breakers still do get you some draw with the wind chills. Uh, the multicasters are going to get you some draw. Guidance to find more cards. Uh, and then on the other side, you're looking for things like serpent shrine portals. Uh, the you can use feral spirits, uh, even though you know you you typically think about that as um you know as more of the aggro matchups but you still can find those get them on board and use them to actually apply pressure uh, same thing with serpent shrine portals so it, it's kind of interesting because you wouldn't think about those really doing a lot but it's a matter of against those kind of slower decks that aren't really doing as much uh, in the early part of the game you can take advantage of that by creating minions on the board and just applying pressure. Uh, I would say, honestly, even the same uh, with Primordial Studies. You're kind of getting a card draw out of that, but you're also able to find minions uh, that you can just put on the board, like um, Lady Vosh, right? Like Lady Vosh as a just a 4-3 to start beating down a slower deck that also is a threat because it's going to give you spell damage. And then if she dies and you draw the other thing, you're going to get more draws. So like, that's always a great one. Or even finding a Blood Mage Thalnos off of the, uh, uh, you know, the Discover can get you some more card draws, some more things. So finding draw and some early bodies that you can just start going with are great. Uh, also, a lot of the draw, you're going to be able to find more of your overload cards to work towards quest completion. And if you do work towards that quest completion before, uh, like if you if you get through it fairly quickly, then you can build up. Ideally, you're you're gonna try to build up some big stuff on the board to start beating them down before they can, uh, you know, do their big combo or 
or maybe if you've put on enough pressure with some of those early minions, they've used a lot of their removal dealing with those early boards. And then you can kind of come in with some bigger, like eight, nine, 10 mana minions and then start beating them down that way. So that's what I would say you kind of want to be doing with those decks. So again, in the beginning, you're looking for the card draw effects or something that can get minions on board quickly and start applying pressure. I uh, I actually am a, a bit sorry. I missed a thing that we should have talked about, which was the win condition of this deck first, which is you're, you're trying to complete the quest. The quest has three stages, as all of these quest line quests do. But the third, completing the third quest gets you the uh, Brucon hero, or it gives the 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 the, the mercenary Brucon that, when played, doubles your spells that you cast for the rest of the game. And so, uh, what would it be accurate to say what you're trying to do is control the board in the early and mid game while you kind of progress through your quest line and then you're probably finishing the game with either uh large minions from charged call because you've overloaded a bunch or direct damage from spells uh that that you have that you know because you're doing double the spells every 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 cat spell that you cast uh after the brucon uh Five, the five mana Brucon card is played. Is, yeah, is I that, would say that's that generally storm stormcaller Brucon is what stormcaller Brucon. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> it, and it does depend a little bit if you're going for or what you're going against. If you're going against the more aggressive or things that are putting things on board, that's when you focus more on controlling, and you can usually kind of just delay and stall your quest completion. And, and it's not as much of a focus because if you're able to control their board and just kind of put some things on the board and slowly work on your quest, they're probably going to run out of stuff and you're just ahead anyways. Um, but then, like I was saying, in those slower matchups, uh, you can go for the quest completion a little bit faster to yeah, close the game out with either big stuff from charge call or pushing all that extra damage with like direct damage stuff which is which is always fun to do and somehow when i'm playing against this deck i always forget i'm like okay cool i'm at six so i'm not dead to a lightning bolt and then they play it and i'm like oh yeah that cast twice dang it i'm dead oops (laughs) oh yep all right now let's talk about some of the like optional card choices maybe they're maybe they're in the deck maybe they're not in the deck maybe it's a personal preference sort of thing uh let's let's start with brucon of the elements the hero card is what uh is that that's it's a good card uh but it doesn't seem like it's in every every version of the deck what what how do you feel about brucon of the elements daring and how, how do you decide whether or not you're running that card i am i mean it's a, it's an interesting card um i honestly don't know what to say about it i've had success with it and without it i feel like the deck is 
I don't feel like it's that much stronger with it in there. I'd rather have the canal sloggers when it comes down to it. So, um, but what it does, it does provide later game value. It's sometimes six damage from a hero power, which is pretty good. So, um, can't really complain about <laughs> that all too much, but, um, it is certainly one of the things that can really, uh, run away with a game is being being able to um uh to to keep healing putting taunts in the way so there's it the the hero power does a lot a lot a lot of good but it doesn't always necessarily need to be there and i feel like the it takes a while to get to the point where it's doing something so I'm of the mind I'd rather have the um, the canal sloggers because that's one of the things that you take out when you put Brukan in is the, is the double canal sloggers. So I think it has it's... a purpose. I think it comes down to preference. I like what the canal slog, the board control and the abilities the canal sloggers provide early game. Yeah, let's let's talk about the canal slogger. That is that is there there are definitely lists that are are cutting one or or both of those. Dragon Rider, what do you think of the canal slogger? Is that do you think it's an optional card or is this a card that you would play? You'd make sure to play. Uh, I tend to uh, agree with Daring here. I personally really like the canal sloggers. Uh, I think in the matchups where your opponent is really getting on board or they're more aggressive, like against uh, the Taunts, Aggro Druids, and Hunter especially, Canal Slogger makes such a huge difference uh, because being able to heal back up slows down their game plan and really just helps you keep that um, control kind of just, I'm going to be in the driver's seat of this game, keep them off of the board, and I'm going to keep a healthy life total. Uh, where and in slower matchups you can just use the canal slogger as a i mean it's a six attack body like it's a pretty strong body that provides a threat that they're gonna have to remove right so like i tend yeah, to they don't like want to see they don't want to see healing more than once with the canal slogger so it just sort yeah. of has that soft taunt on it but it's like yeah. hey you you need to remove this and, yeah, and i think the six, other four. big upside is that it has overload Right, so it, it does help your quest progression. Uh, so, you know, if you find one early, you're getting to that first and or second stage of the quest completion, which is either resetting your overloaded crystals or you're putting a three three out, which again just helps you keep in that position. Uh, they cost less. You know, Brucon is a little bit of a later game card, uh, but I think. Yeah, if, if you look on like HS Replay and stuff and look at the, the similarities of the decks, uh, that's a, a great resource, by the way. If you're not doing that, look at the similar decks and it shows you the changes of like plus this card, minus this card. Uh, that gives you a feel for how different card changes can affect. And yeah, the Slogger Brucon is like the decks that are playing Brucon Hero Card are taking out Sloggers, which tells me that that is for those slower uh, matchups not the aggressive decks which makes sense if you think about they are trying to get additional damage with that six attack hero power 
and the six damage or not six attack excuse me but the the six damage hero power and the initial choice of dealing six uh, against some of those slower decks but i i personally like the canal sloggers a little more i think they're a little more versatile why don't you speak to one of the uh, cards that you were seeing specifically in Legend as a one-of? Yeah, it's interesting. Again, when you look at some of these lists, uh, you can easily compare the deck list. But uh, yeah, some of the lists are running one copy of Lightning Storm. And it's usually actually in place of Fireheart, uh, which I find really interesting, too, is that decks are are basically running a Lightning Storm over Fireheart. And it makes a lot of sense for the more aggressive matchups. Uh, again, those decks that are going to be wide on board, specifically the like Taunt Druid or Beast Druid kind of decks, uh, you're going to want to have that wide board removal to clear those. And the Fireheart's going to be a little slow in those matchups, and you might not be able to play it till much later, which against those decks, you're might be dead by that point so you don't really want to yeah. be waiting until like turn seven eight nine to be playing fireheart uh you really want to lean into that game plan of removing and keeping control of the way that the game's going so it's just interesting uh, again to see the lightning storm so if you are seeing a lot of aggressive decks lightning storm is a, a great card and again it has overload as well so it helps your your game plan of completing the quest. What of the previous iterations of this deck had a uh, diligent note taker in it, but we are not necessarily seeing that uh, in all the decks now. Daring, what do you think of diligent note taker? Um, I'm okay. <laughs> it's interesting, right? Like a card like that gets taken out of the deck. Um, I think it makes more sense. I think the deck is more streamlined and focused on doing something very specifically. Um, it's focused on staying alive in the early game. And that's what this kind of is there to do is to, to help it um, win the early game. And the diligent note taker, I don't feel like is too slow. Like, I feel like the the rest of this is, is streamlined. I it, like, before that, I don't remember I'm running the spirit guide or the is that what it the the wolves uh the, the two feral spirits feral spirits or... okay I was going I'm combining guidance and feral spirits I apologize so um yeah I feel like with with feral spirits there like that is a much better card to do something you get two of them it advances your quest they have taunt. Like there's there's the value obviously of um uh of the diligent note taker, but I feel like that value is not what this deck is striving to do right now. It can have value later on, so like I kind of see like, but you're you're hedging your bets against the early game and the more aggressive minions. So like it feels like if you're playing this deck right now you are trying to beat more aggressive minions and that's just what you're there for so sure sure okay so we've got some some cards that i think that have a little bit of nuance to them you you already spoke a little bit about lightning bloom and how best to use that you use that as 
like one of the maybe even the third uh, overload card in phase one of the quest because you basically then do not have the down the overload the following mm-hmm. turn for for that. Is there any other uses or, or tips on how to or how slash when to use lightning bloom or is that just a good card whenever basically? I mean, it feels. It, uh, go ahead, Dragon Rider. Oh. I, I was gonna say I don't know if it feels like a just use it at any point. It feels like a you want to use it for board clear or something very specific because um, it, it like if you're against a slower matchup and you're not completing the quest like you said or you're not clearing something very specific like just playing a lightning bloom out doesn't feel great. You can save it for later in the game against like slower decks. Uh, to use after you've played the Brucon quest reward to get double damage from it uh, would be the other suggestion. Or maybe if you have applied some pressure and you can get uh, a little bit of spell damage and use like lightning bloom to push through a taunt or something that that would be the cases, but uh, it's not like a, Oh, I have lightning bloom. I could just use it any turn I want to. I don't think like some of the other cards you can, um, but Lightning Bloom, I think, is a little bit more niche, and that's why we're only seeing some of the lists running one copy. Hey, that's it's good to know. I think of it like I want to use it during phase one so that I can get that mana back right away, and I usually want to use it as the third one. The other time I think I, I like using it is when I can do the big swing turn, when I can when I can complete and get the three, three on the board in addition to whatever I'm doing or something like that, or really, really sort of push the advantage that I might have, um, with, with, with lightning bloom. So I, I just I realized if... I was still talking about lightning storm. So I apologize if that sounded super confusing. <laughs> I was talking about lightning storm, not lightning bloom. Oh my gosh. Okay. I was, yes. I was, was going to say, I was like, I see your Still's point damaged. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, whoops, I was still on the lightning storm train, not lightning bloom. Lightning bloom is super good. Use lightning bloom. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I was like, what deck is only running one lightning bloom? It must be high yeah. legend. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, my, my opinion, like, you don't throw away lightning bloom just to throw away lightning bloom. But like. It's, it's not just a tick of the quest is what you're correct. saying. It is. Yes. It is. There's have a have a, a a good reason for using it yeah yeah but don't be afraid to use it either too like it's right. not like you don't need that for victory so if you can turn one a feral spirits that's okay like if that's going to put you on the board or turn to you know like a feral spirits and a lightning bolt like that completes quest and it does you know might clean up a minion leave you two two threes and just put you ahead of board. So it's just one of those things that it is use it when you have it, but don't like it's not a resource you want to just toss, but like don't be afraid to use it either is my my thought on Lightning Bloom. It's there it's there to be used. Uh what about overdraft? Uh that card I think has a little bit of nuance to it because it's tradable. Uh and it also obviously its damage is specifically tied to how many overload crystals you have. Do you guys have any thoughts on on how best or some tips on how to use overdraft? 
I mean, if you start with it in your hand, plan around it. If it's in your hand at the beginning of your turn, plan around it. If you if like if there's a great turn, um, and you can overload, you know, you can overdraft. Like that's awesome. But um, it's it's such a complicated card. It's finding the right time. Like, is it better for me to you know? empty all my mana crystals this turn and spend it next turn or do i save the one mana at the end of this turn to do something else do i build a bunch of stuff up and then use it to clear something do i send it phase there's a lot of complicated situations for it i mean um just keep in mind i will say if you have stormcaller brucon up and you send it to uh when you do damage it only does the initial damage once, and then if you have spell damage, it will do the spell damage again. So, um, <laughs> that is something to keep in mind. It is a zero damage spell, unless you have spell damage or overload crystals. And then, when you play it, this, when, you, when it duplicates, in between the two duplications... It it clears out those those overloaded crystals. So the first time it completely goes through, and so yeah, you do not have any overloaded crystals for that second that second overdraft to the face. That's yeah. good call there. I, I would also say uh, this is a card that you really don't ever want to keep in your mulligans. And uh, one thing that uh, Wicked Good was teaching me when I was playing this was. Uh, a lot of people have really suggested if you end up with overdraft in your hand in the early part of the game, just use it for the tradable. Because uh, like we've talked about in a lot of these other matches, it's kind of like the mulligan, right? You you don't want that in your mulligan. You want removal or you want card draw things or you want something that's creating a minion. You don't really want this overdraft. And especially before the first part of the quest is completed, you know, why you know you don't care about using that to clear your crystals because the first part of the quest is going to clear your crystals for you anyways so if you have it early it's best to just trade it off and get something else you guys talked before the before the recording about wind chill and uh what did, what did, what did you mention before the show about wind chill what something to keep in mind about wind chill you can freeze your own minions like a totem or something exactly. that you know yeah. uh again card draw is important draw to the other things that you need if you're against an aggressive deck and you haven't found perpetual flame or like a lightning storm or something and you're gonna you're worried you're gonna need to clear the board wind chill your own i mean if they have stuff wind chill theirs but if you have to and you you're so desperate wind chill your own thing so that you get that card draw if you're in a slower matchup and your hand is kind of like, oh, what do I do with this? Wind chill your totem so you can draw to those multicasters, a guidance, something else. Because otherwise that's just going to sit there in your hand and you'd rather, it, it's almost like a tradable, right? In, in effect of you're spending the one mana to use that card for a better draw. So use it. Don't just sit there and, and hold it, I would say, for forever and ever waiting for them to play some threat that you want to freeze use it for the card draw exactly you're you're going to 
find more situations. <laughs> you know, you can always stall for it. I, it. I'm trying to say is you can always look for like that perfect situation, but most of the times you're better off just using it. So. One of the reasons you might want to use it is one of the best cards in this deck, I think, is Multicaster. And I and I think we, we should definitely talk about this card, because this card, not just in Quest Shaman, but just in decks in general, this Multicaster is actually a really good card. Um, we're not... Like, what is... Where are we seeing? Where are we we're we're trying to come up with a list of all the decks that we're seeing multicaster and how many classes did we end up coming up with? Like over half, half of yeah. half of them are uh, have at least a, a deck that they're running in. Shaman has two decks that are that have multicaster in them, both the quest deck as well as the burn shaman. And uh, yeah, this is. This is just a really good card, and I don't think it's as good a card as we thought it was. Like, I don't think we thought it was this good in Deadmines when, because it was part of the Deadmines mini set. Tell me how good Multicaster is in this deck. Uh, it's real, 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 real good. <laughs> it's just, it's top tier. It's, it's just phenomenal. The card yeah. does so much. Well, and I mean, how many times have I talked about how important card draw is in this deck already during our discussion? Like, multicaster is multiple card draw. Like, you're not just drawing one thing as if you traded off or played windchill. Like, you're generally drawing at least two cards, if not three, I think, most of the time. Uh, depending on if you've gotten to play, like, a perpetual flame. I mean, you can even get to the point where you're drawing, what, four? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think three feels like the most common. And yeah, two yeah. Is like sec like really close behind. Uh, but yeah, it, it's good because it helps you find all of your other stuff. And it's pretty easy to play uh, multiple spell schools in this deck. And, you know, it's there's some cards like Feral Spirits that actually doesn't have a spell school. So those might slow you down. But a lot of the other cards have spell schools and are fairly cheap. So you even could yep. do something like, uh, you know, a lightning bolt, lightning bloom or a wind chill, and then play a multicaster in the same turn, which just helps you even more. So it's like, it's fantastic. I also, we were talking about how we rated it. I remember saying uh, that it was probably only going to see play in like a mage deck that was running multiple things. Oh boy. How, how wrong I was. Boy, boy, were we wrong. I don't remember giving this card. I was like, it might see play maybe a two. I mean, you look yeah. at the, you look at the three, four body on a four mana card. You think, you know, this is understated. I pay three mana for a three, four minion. But the fact that you're getting anywhere from one to three cards usually with that, I mean, drawing one card typically is one to two mana, depending on how you're doing it. Uh, you know, the, we've established that drawing two cards tends to be three mana, uh, Arcane Intellect being, you know, a prime example of that. Uh, 
drawing three cards is like ridiculous that that's like four to five mana and actually nourish i think draws three cards and i think that's six mana so or, yep so it's like so it's like you're getting you're getting a you're you're paying you're you know only getting a three mana minion but the fact that you're getting anywhere from say one to six mana worth of card draw with it it just ends up being really good and and like a lot of times the decks any deck that is running this it, it is being powered by its spells and so finding 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 cards you know driving through your deck to find additional cards is is going to be really good and it's a neutral card so that's why we're seeing it everywhere as well so yeah is this is a really good card do you think do you think this is a mirage? Do you think we're going to see less of multicaster going forward, like maybe after rotation or something? Or do you think this is going to stick around? I feel like you'll see more of it because a lot of card draw is going to be rotating. I don't have any insight as to what the new the new set's going to look like. But hypothetically, the time when the most... With the least amount of cards that are going to be in Hearthstone is going to be that first set. I have a good feeling Multicaster is uh, in spell decks is going to be enough of a thing to make that cut. So I I think it's gonna I think it it stocks gonna ride. It stonks are going to be strong. <laughs> stocks are gonna go up. Uh, yeah. Dragon Rider, do you agree with that assessment on the on the Multicaster? Yeah, I, I think so, because I, I feel like historically when we've been in that four-set meta, generally draw is great. This is a neutral card, so you're going to be able to play it in a lot of stuff. And the uh, the requirement, I guess, to play it isn't really that steep. Um, and so that's why we're seeing it in so many different things. I think there's a couple places where it probably still isn't going to really be seen, like Hunter probably really not going to see it in hunter unless the mini set or or new expansion of the year comes and there's like a, a bunch of different spell schools for hunter cards that get used but um and maybe even like paladin we're probably not really going to see it there but yeah the other classes that we've talked about already like mage shaman uh, even priest you know some of those that already play a lot i definitely think we'll continue seeing it seeing it in those yeah, any any class that has more than one spell school that it typically runs cards from, I think can legitimately think of multicaster as a potential option. And so only only classes that are using one spell school and then no spell school spells are going to be the ones that really aren't going to necessarily think about this card as an option. And so, like something like Druid right now feels like that—that's not something they're going to do. Paladin right now, they're either running neutral, they're no spell school spells, or they're running holy spells. So it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to to run this. But yeah, I I, I agree. This I think we're gonna we're we're probably gonna see more of this card rather than less of this card, which is I think kind of fun that that I think a lot of people. Uh, did not necessarily see that coming when they when they looked at the set way 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 back uh, 
in the when it was first introduced and 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 saw it. So real quick, we're we're running a little long, but I wanted to get your takes on how do you beat the deck then if you're if you're playing against this and you queue in and you see the quest get played on turn one, what are you what are you gonna try and do? Um you could try and combo it out because that's going to go faster. Your combo is generally going to go faster than they can complete their quest. So if you're going to be able to do a combo, like that should help. Um, you could you could like out armor it like with like you know ramp druid like just having more armor than it can deal with. Um, something that can out heal it. But even then, like, Priest isn't a good matchup, like we said earlier. But, like, just being able to pressure the board and put them on the back foot um, with meteor, like, mid-sized to larger minions, it has a lot harder time to deal with those, especially before Brukan. So, like, I feel like that's a good way to, you know, like, medium-sized threats seem to do very well against um quest hunter or quest <laughs> shaman got i am saying all the wrong names tonight sorry guys dragon rider what about you yeah i i think there's there's two ways to approach it either uh you super hard pressure them quickly you know like beat them down with some aggressive decks and Hope they don't uh, they don't find their removal, which doesn't always work, especially if uh, you know they're they're following those suggested tips and finding all of the like removal. Um, but yeah, keeping the health on your minions at four or more, I think even like five or more, again to play out of range of uh, the perpetual flame and even having a spell damage plus perpetual flame. Um, helps because then they have to use multiple resources to clear stuff or going the opposite route and going for some decks that you just kind of build up massive amounts of stuff in your hand and beat them that way. So, you know, Mizaki Mage, uh, the Quest Hunters. Um, I, I even was having a lot of success against Quest Shamans last week with uh, Fell Demon Hunter. I forgot to list that earlier when I was talking about, but it, it basically does the same thing, right? In Fell Demon Hunter, you're not really running a lot of minions. So you build up all of those fell spells and then blast them with a Jace. Or if they do, if they play a minion, then you're like, oh, cool, I have Kurtris out and I'm going to play this Fellfire Deadeye and a bunch of these uh, vengeance, vengeance, vengeance minions and just, you know, beat the crap out of what? them with a big swing to face. Watch those expendable performers become expendable so that you can create a yep. giant uh, yes. giant 26. weapon swing. 26. Yeah, 26 exactly. to 28. So, maybe a little bit yeah. more, depending. Yeah, yeah. so I, I would say, I mean, and it's going to depend on what deck you're playing, but if you can maneuver your deck to either apply pressure with that higher health, like Daring said, or if you can stall the game and build up for big burst damage, that's how you want to try to beat it. All right, I think I think we I think we've covered Quest Shaman for for this week. I really appreciate uh, that. I... We're we're Americans. We say shaman. 
I quit shopping then. There we go. Uh, I, re- I, I I love. I appreciate that. I love our 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 European uh, comrades, but we're American here. We say shaman. <laughs> All right. Uh, so jumping into the poll question for this week, I want to know: knowing what you know now. How would you rate the card multicaster? So we're using that same one to six scale that we use when we do card reviews or mini set reviews. The 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 community card review document has it in there. You know, one being just absolute terrible, like a wisp. Six being OP, please nerf. Um, your options are five or more, five plus. Uh, would you give it a four? Would you give it a three? Or do you still think it's not that good and you'd give it a one or a two? Vote. Let us know what you think you would rate Multicaster now. And we will talk about the results on next week's show. Definitely not what I rated it in the pre <laughs> No, I would not either, I don't think. <laughs> so speaking of the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can follow our top pin tweet to go to our discord again uh two weeks february 22nd 8 p.m est 5 p.m pst uh february 22nd we are recording live so make sure you follow for that and we will be updating you and reminding you as we get closer to the date. You can email the show at dr3hs at gmail.com. You can find myself on Twitch and Twitter at Daring Alkaline. Dragon Rider, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at DonnieDK. That's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. Uh, both on Twitch and my Hearthstone YouTube, Dragon Rider DK, or if you want to get some tips to make live streaming videos and podcasts simple, you know, maybe you want to start that up this year, then head on over to Simple Side of Content Creation, where you can find me giving advice there. And also, if you enjoy mercenaries, join us over at the Spirit Healer podcast to uh, join us every week there to talk about mercenaries. And Mage, take us home. I talk about Hearthstone as well as D&D and other games that I'm playing. And occasionally uh, Doritos nacho cheese flavored popcorn on my Twitter at MageDeath. And I'm also on another podcast called Phases of Moon Knight where we're talking, going through all the back issues of the moon knight comic we just released episode six today uh which is volume two from the mid 80s so i i we're talking about that there you can find the show on twitter we are at phases of mk all right guys thank you for tuning in and listening because as always you've been listening to dr three completely got you guys with the put the nacho cheese popcorn and it was great boom